Hello again, my fabulous, gorgeous listeners, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Glow West podcast. We're here to chat all about the wonders of sex, sexuality, and the body. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Caroline West, and I'm delighted to be part of the Tortoise Shack Network, where you can find content on politics, culture, society, trans rights, and of course, my favourite topic of sex. If you like what we do, please do consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash tortoise It really does help to keep the mics on or pop over to Apple and rate and review. You can also DM me about the podcast. Uh, it's on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Glow West Podcast. And today we are delving into the lovely, weird and wonderful world of queer porn. And I have the perfect guest to help me along this journey. Ramses Rodstein is a Mexican queer multimedia performance artist Bruhex, erotic performer and filmmaker located in San Francisco. He's been making erotic films for 12 years through various independent queer porn companies in the Bay Area. His most recent work are the films Bezos de Mazapan and Pain Dulce, where themes of cultural food nostalgia and queer sex intersects. Ramses, thanks Mel, for chatting to me today. How are you keeping? I'm doing well, as well as can be in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird question to ask people now because yeah. it's like I, I'm surviving. I'm getting through. The yeah, day. I'm alive. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird, weird, weird thing. So, um, yeah, well, you've been making porn during the pandemic as well. That must be a, a little bit of an interesting challenge. Yeah, um, I my first shoot in the pandemic has was with crash pad and the reason that was possible is because they have a setup where they have like four robotic cameras that just um can be like wirelessly uh, like handled and and able to like pan and move so um i was able to like do a whole shoot without ever seeing the director (laughs) the Uh, that must be so weird though how does that feel yeah it it was a different experience because usually like um with crash pad I've shot with them before and like it's always been with like a with a a scene partner and um you know there's it's a small very small intimate crew but you know you have like two camera people on you the whole time so you kind of like you're kind of used to like people being there and like what's cool about their style how they run their set is that it's really like they kind of just capture us they're not directing us to do anything they're like just making sure they get all the good shots as the like story unfolds or the the sex unfolds <laughs> yeah bit of both um, sometimes so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um th- this shoot in particular was my first time shooting solo uh, doing a solo shoot and so I kind of like knew the situation was like oh, I'm gonna have like four cameras surrounding me let's um I wanted to I wanted to like make that shoot about like what like a fetish I have and like really playing that up uh with the company of four cameras you know so I really played to the cameras a lot and like um, I knew that like the crash but has like a live screen live aspect to it where pe- members can like watch behind the scenes like kind of like the whole shoot happen from a different perspective so um, I wanted to kind of like play to you know play to the audience yeah in particular you know so it was it was a lot of fun that must almost <laughs> feel like there's somebody there with you then if you know because you're so alone like you don't even have a scene partner to be there with <laughs> yeah. yeah I know in this in this solo shoot I definitely like the cameras were my like 
I was like, I felt like I was at a play party and they just happened to be like, the audience happened to be in, in form of cameras okay, <laughs> surrounding me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Is it something do you think would benefit going forward? Like you'd like it to stay post pandemic? I think, I think, I think it, it would be cool to see um, more scenes and see how different people adapt to that situation and how that like reflects in the way they perform or have sex with their other person or themselves. I, I would I would like to see it continue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Definitely. I might produce something that we haven't even thought of yet or some some kind of scenes that are unusual. I suppose it's yeah, it's digital intimacy on one level, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know it did had me because there there was a part when it, we first shut down that like we couldn't do anything because I had actually a non-erotic film in the works and because it involved a, a larger crew and cast and multiple locations I just had to sh put that on hold for the, the till this pandemic is over where okay. kind of things can be a little bit more um ran at a larger scale but yeah, um yeah. so like it brought me back to my erotic work because I'm like oh okay like what how do we engage in intimacy when we can't touch each other and like thinking about what that means for us as a queer trans folks you know like how do we connect you know like in a lot of ways the internet has made it possible for us to like you know communicate and build communities and organize and find information but um how can we use it to like create erotic um, connections and film and work you know what does it look like to create or tell a story where you can actually like be in large groups you yeah, know yeah which would be a novelty I suppose now after pandemic times but yeah and it will tell me then how you got involved in making queer porn because you, you're you're 12 years into making or performing which is that's quite a long time you know you're a seasoned performer now at this stage <laughs> um how how did you get started um you know I've I've my my root has always been in theater <laughs> and like I've always been a performer um and I've always been I went to school for film so it's just, it was just like skills I already had like I love telling stories and like it was always important to me to be able to like tell stories you don't often that don't often get told you know and um queer porn I think it it kind of it blossomed out of like me discovering my my kinkier side when I moved up to the Bay Area because I'm originally from Southern California, Long Beach area, but I moved up um, about eight years ago up to the Bay, you know, you know, it's queer Mecca. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's changed so much since then, but um, I, I came like, you know, just like trying to like figure out who I was. <laughs> And uh, I moved in the weekend of Folsom. And so I really like, I think got involved in like exploring like more like play parties and stuff like that. And I just, well, I, I think the, what got me into performing was like a good friend of mine wanted to be do queer porn. And I was like, well, just, let's just make it, you know? <laughs> and um, I had a friend, we had a mutual friend who's also a filmmaker, um, just said, who has made porn before, uh, Morty Diamond. Uh, and 
and he was like let's let's just shoot something and we we shot something and uh after that we started um applying to different independent queer porn studios to like shoot in and like for me i the reason i got into it was because i didn't see anybody like me in queer porn you know it was like a lot of like the focus was really on like very passing white passing folks and stuff and like i wanted to see like different kinds of bodies and like i i, th I think for me like culturally like we had uh in in mexican culture there's a lot of machismo and there's a lot of this like way that in even like gay porn like sex is shown really like rough and intense and really everyone has to be really like masculine and i wanted to make porn that kind of like showed queer non-binary bodies like enjoying pleasure getting being desirable you know so i figured hey like if i don't see it like let's create it you know absolutely you're being the change you want to see in the world <laughs> yeah in my Gentle. porn <laughs> yeah. he probably wasn't thinking quite a porn when he said that but still yeah I know. but i like what you're saying there because you know the tra trans porn or pe trans people in porn should i say in mainstream porn hasn't been particularly great a lot of the representation it's been very fetishizing or very um maybe kind of stereotyping or just not really representative of the diversity that is being trans in itself so would you agree with that assessment yes i very much agree with that um and also like there's a lot of assumptions about how we like to have sex too in in, in mainstream porn it gets really like um, a little exploitative sometimes and you know there's some um i feel like that's what's what i why i've gravitated more towards independent work and doing my own work is because uh you a lot of the folks i've worked with have been very have a very ethical approach to it and really let you depict how you you know feel comfortable having sex so which is really great because yeah if you're just confining yourself to someone else's vision you're still not really being your true self sometimes because it's like okay left a bit and then now this bit of the gentles and now this bit of the gentles whatever it is but you're you when you get to make it yourself then there's there must be yeah, that much more artistic freedom and you've you've used that to bring in like you've made like food nostalgia and queer porn um <laughs> tell me all about that because i'm picturing splashing at the moment and i don't think it's it's quite splashing <laughs> not exactly but it's like <laughs> kind of like the foreplay before splashing <laughs> okay <laughs> so like i it so like my first film that i shot was vessels and masapan and it's i, I was Okay, so let me explain my nostalgia for Masaban first. So, like, this was like a little peanut. It's like a little like circular peanut marz marzipan that, like, the minute you like unwrap it, it starts to crumble. It's really delicate. Okay. So, um, it's a messy candy to eat. So yeah, usually, yeah. like, it would crumble, and you just kind of like, like, scoop it into your mouth, and it it just bring it, that candy brings me so much like happiness because it. Like, I remember like getting that, my mom getting it for me and like being so excited because I had like a pretty rose on it. And like the challenge was always trying to unwrap it without breaking it or like having at least like only two pieces you have, you can eat. Yeah. <laughs> so um, um, 
I had met a, a friend who also enjoys that kind of candy and we were kind of like having a conversation around our our love for that candy and I had this um idea that I was like oh I want to like make a film where like it starts off where like we're feeding each other this candy and then it evolves into like uh making out and feeding each other in between the making out and then it goes into sex but like I wanted to uh build up that tension of that like sweetness that you experience from eating that candy and like sharing that sweetness with that other person and like correlating it to the to like queer sex you know (laughs) and it's very specifically that mexican candy so you wanted that particular representation because i don't think i've i hadn't even heard of it before this but now i'm like i gotta go watch this and see (laughs) yeah like yeah (laughs) It is, it, 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 yeah, it's very nostalgic and very, um, it was like my little like pieces of my culture that I could actually uh, like actually enjoy, you know. Um, my mom like grew up in Mexico City and like came to the US and had me and my sister and like, like our cultural, like we, we'd get a glimpse of it by the food she would make us or when we would go to Mexico to visit our extended family. But like, I remember that being very specific tied to like my like experience as a, as a young person trying to figure out who they were and like growing up in a, in a, in the U S with like a, with immigrant parents, you know, and like, yeah, yeah. also having like, you know, like my, uh, my father passed away when I was three. So like my mom, my, I was raised by a black father. And so my upbringing was like mixed with culture, with black uh, culture and uh, Mexican culture. So it was like, you know, these little pieces that I tried to um, enjoy because it was me trying to figure out my identity, you know? No, it sounds lovely. It sounds really nice. And like, I wonder that are there other representations of Mexican queer culture wrapped up within sex? Is that it doesn't like what? How would something like that be perceived in Mexican culture? Who? Yeah, like that, that, that I'm curious too. like I did have this film screen in Mexico City one time in a festival called Musta Marrana which is like a post, they call, they call queer porn post-porno okay. in Spanish. And so it was like a queer porn fe- film festival in Mexico City. And what was so cool about this uh, festival is like organized by these queer punks that are like hella DIY and like awesome fucking organizers and activists. And um, they managed to rent out like this, cathedral that's in the center of Mexico City that has been converted into an art gallery and had this queer porn festival in the middle inside of this cathedral in the center of Mexico City which is like where a lot of like uh ruins from Aztec um culture is all throughout that like I literally passed the temple on the way to like this festival and like my little like queer goth Catholic girl inside of me like was like yeah <laughs> it's like <laughs> uh, oh, wow. it's like, like oh like my work is being projected inside of a cathedral in yeah, the middle of Mexico there's something in that. you know like 
and it was really cool and I think people like received it well like I, I got you know positive feedback around it but um it is it's, I'm always curious how different how my work is perceived outside of you know it's context <laughs> yeah absolutely I'm trying to think of what the Irish equivalent is and I just keep thinking of like beef stew and that's not sexy for anyone anybody, I don't think. Um, but I'm sure we have sweets and stuff but just stew is in my head <laughs> oh yeah you know I, I wouldn't be opposed <laughs> <laughs> I'm Aww. sure that would go down very well but, uh, in with, like Irish Americans maybe not not actual Irish people <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, in Pendulce, the the food it, it was not so much about the eating of the food, but how the food is used as a device in like a BDSM dynamic. Oh, okay. So, oh, talk to us about that. I've never really seen food and <laughs> mixed together like that. Yeah, so I don't know if you've seen like a Pendulce. It's like a little like like sweet bread that looks like a like almost like a turtle shell okay <laughs> I have, no. like, a picture of it. this is oh, like yeah. a, a and they call it a concha okay this is a, a concha and it comes like in like chocolate strawberry vanilla flavor like the little like frosting on top nice uh, and it's so like a well it's like a favorite um sweet bread mexican sweet bread that i used to love as a kid and I was like on this like kick of food nostalgia <laughs> and uh, uh and porn so I wanted to figure out a way of incorporating like this pandulce in a way in a kinky kind of film and uh, the person I performed with to know um they were in my first film Vessels de Mazapan and I asked them if they would be in the second one, but this time we wanted to um, use two of his songs. So the music in both of my films is provided by the performer that I perform with in the film. He's a, they are a musician and um, they um, provided graciously their beautiful music to, to to the porn that we made together. And we both came up with sort of like what we wanted to see. Like Tanoch told me like, oh, I imagine this song having like a lot of like sensuality, a lot of sweetness, a lot of things that I want. Um, and then like the second one would be more of like that BDSM dynamic where like I wanted to be in a position where I got to explore more being like more sensation play and being tied up and I wanted to incorporate the the bread into like that sort of like oh you want this but you can't have it and now I'm going to like use it to torture you sweetly Aww, that sounds <laughs> so. amazing but and it also brings in a lovely I suppose mental aspect between the two films of food because when we talk about sex and especially porn it's often just like here's the gentles and here's what we're doing with the gentles but I like that you're bringing the mental and emotional aspects in, into it there yeah and I think that's like kind of like the theme in my in my films is like I'm, I try to bring that sort of sensuality in ways whether it's like the way we light it the way what like what we have going on in the scene um 
I'm very intentional in that regard. <laughs> yeah, sounds because fantastic. I, yeah, because um, and I'm very I work really well with like I love music. My like so outside of porn, I love if I could get paid to make music videos, I would be happy, <laughs> you know. Um, but I don't have the discipline to be a musician. <laughs> okay. I, I played the bass a little bit, but like um, I really, I think my dynamic with Tanoch like really worked well in, in making these two films because um, I was really inspired by the music as well. So. Yeah, that's something I suppose a lot of us don't pay attention to is music and porn. Sometimes it's either just something at the start or it's just <laughs> cheesy 70s music put on or something like that. So I'm glad you're, you're bringing care, I suppose, and focus into that aspect. Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, going back, you mentioned ethical um, porn or, you know, ethical performers and stuff. And, and ethical porn is, for some people, is a new thing or it's like a new buzzword. And obviously it's it's been around. It's, it's not particularly new. It's been around a while. But can you explain to us what ethical porn is and how that relates to queer porn as opposed to mainstream porn? Um, I will, I think, when I think ethical porn, I think of, like, people who are making porn with the, with the lens of understanding that, like, what they're putting out there is being respectful to different groups of people that's, like, ensuring the environment is safe and, like, consent-driven and, um, you know, like shows, like, you know, like shows like safe sex, safer sex practices, like, you know, um, like, you know, porn where there's some agency, um, you know, being shown, whether it's behind the scenes or in an interview afterwards, or, you know, like, you know, um, just being conscious of like what you're putting out there. Um, that's how I think about it. Like yeah, yeah. ethical porn. I think there could be, there can be queer porn that's not ethical or may be perceived to be not ethical, you know, like, um, or don't, don't have like practices within the, the way they set up their, their work practice to shoot the film might not be, you know, I haven't run into that too much, but um, in mainstream porn, there tends to be a lot of like, um, different approaches to the way a person gets paid and inequity and in how people are paid. So I feel like ethical porn, there's like, everyone gets paid the same, mm. you know, whether you do what depend, not, not regarding like what kind of sex acts you do, you know, and no incentive, incentives to do things you're not comfortable doing, you know. That's a, so. definitely a, a big difference yeah, to, to mainstream as well. And, and you're ticking a few boxes for representation, being Mexican and being trans as well. And how do you feel that that's really important to you? Um, I think it's important to me because um, even within trans porn, it's hard to find folks like me. And um, I want to... I want that's part of like why I like enjoy doing work and continue to perform is because, you know, uh, I I want to be able to like 
be representation for somebody you know or like just let them know like someone like me can ex- exist and have just and have a, a fulfilling sex life you know um and can find love and all those things or whatever you know uh, I think you know we I feel like um when I look at when I look at porn and stuff, like when I look at erotic work, um, the ones that really catch my eye are the ones that like, you know, have more intention around it. And um, like, I love creative fun ones, you know, kind of like ways of like showing folks you can have fun and like consent is is important to be displayed and all that you know Uh, (laughs) that is that's you know one of my absolute bugbears with mainstream porn is that consent is just missing from the whole thing or even talking to each other is missing from a lot of it so that is really nice to see that consent is depicted on screen because it is a normal part of sex we just you know you know the concept of porn literacy when I teach that I teach my students of like yeah it is consent it's just all off screen and it would be really nice to see it on screen but I'm glad that that you're doing it and it's more of a feature then in in queer porn so to speak yeah (laughs) it's just it's a pity isn't it it's not there more yeah no it is and you know I understand like you know you because I am I do um make like BDSM porn sometimes and um, that's stuff I, I wish I could see more of with more queer and trans people of color you know and um, I think it's important to be able to like show like you know different kinds of stuff even if it's a little bit edgier but like finding ways to show that there is consent involved and sort of like not leaving that only for off screen you know incorporating that into like the scene you present you know yeah absolutely and, and then you know you, you're you're long in the tooth now 12 years long time to be doing anything um where do you think the future of queer porn is going then because we're going to be post pandemic we're figuring out piracy stuff and, and all that kind of aspect of things what do you think post pandemic whenever that is going to be hopefully very soon um post pandemic <laughs> queer porn what what is that going to look like Oh, I know, like, hopefully there's an influx of <laughs> of more. I'm curious because I'm also helping to put on a film fest, a porn film festival in San Francisco, the oh, cool. San Francisco Porn Film Fest. And we've, we've opened our submissions for the uh, beginning of this month. So I'm already seeing like a lot of people putting stuff in. So it's like, oh, is this new stuff? Is this stuff from the pen? from the pandemic or is this like I'm curious to see what people provide uh or submit you know so um but I think if it's a lot less than what we had in previous years then I then I think I just hope there's more of it and people like not like because I I always encourage anyone like if you don't see what you like you know and you're in a position where you you know uh enjoy performing or whatnot like you know you know i you know or if you don't support people who are making that work so that they can make more of it you know so yeah that's the argument uh, of like pay for your porn because first of all it's labor that you're having to pay for but you know if, if 
the more money flows in, the more that can be put back into making new content. And, you know, again, being being the porn you want to see in the world. <laughs> yeah. And I hope there, um, I just, I, all I can really think about as far as post-pandemic is just hopefully there's an influx of more people doing it maybe because they were at home and like had to like figure out how to do the video stuff so yeah. <laughs> maybe they're making and, and that would be interesting more ideas so it would be interesting um to see that because you'd have more home porn as in porn in like a regular bedroom you know rather than like fantasy land studios and I know in a lot of mainstream porn the trend was recently years was Greg Lansky and it was like having sex in a massive fancy you know 20 star hotel next to the Eiffel Tower or having sex on a yacht and, and all this like ridiculously aspirational stuff but I kind of I would hope like what the kind of content you're saying there is like people's like messy bedrooms or like you know the cat walks by or like something like this you know like real sex yeah yeah I agree I'm actually working on a film that I'm gonna shoot next week and I'll be my like first film that I've done on my own midst pandemic a little bit we're technically about to be opened up June 15th um but I have a, a fellow friend who's also a performer who is in my pod that we've been like kind of like scheming, like, okay, we're going to do this. <laughs> and um, I'm excited about that nice. because that one is the first time I incorporate like sex magic into a film. And so I'll bring some of like my like spiritual practices in along with my uh erotic work so okay tell us more about that aspect of things so people, <laughs> sex magic is spelt with a k instead of a c at the end or with an extra c with an extra k I don't know well, sometimes I'll just yeah sometimes people just spell it with a k <laughs> okay yeah. so tell us what sex magic is and it's not just doing magic tricks <laughs> uh, yeah no no like sex magic um is you know, like the broad definition of of it is um, basically sex uh, or ritual or spell work done in combination with sex. So like um, using that, like, you know, like for some folks, you know, who may practice witchcraft or some sort of spirituality um, that may involve like, you know, certain intentions, making saying prayers or you know lighting a candle it's like incorporating those rituals in along with the ritual of sex to like the energy that you put into like reaching orgasm you are setting the intention for whatever you want to manifest okay so in in this particular film i'm i'm going to do a cleansing on my the performer the performer i'm working with I'm going to be doing a cleansing on her and um, you'll see the ritual of me setting up the cleansing, but it's going to, it's going to involve a little bit of BDSM wax play, um, a little bit of bondage, very like more as a, like a decorative and like ritual, like cutting of cords kind of act. And um, the, 
the sex magic part is kind of like throughout but like it's it, it amps up from like wax play into sex so um the i have a scene that's all gonna be red like lit red and um that's where like um it goes into more of that sex magic like using that sex as an intention to bring in abundance to bring in um the right partner for that person that i'm performing with they you know like bring in like them to a next the next level of their path you know and so like using sex and that power exchange that we will share um intentionally to raise both of our vibrations um and raise our like intentions to the next level so it's like you know like using that same energy um when you reach orgasm to or that that state of mind you get when you are aroused or in pleasure but using it with a spiritual intent <laughs> I am fascinated that sounds incredible and when you were saying that there I was like it just feels very authentic it doesn't feel like I feel like if you would see that in a Hollywood film it would all be acted and scripted and taken apart and not really reflective of what actually goes on but with you I feel like that's going to be a really authentic description of of the witchcraft stuff and 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 the sex part as well you know and bringing both in so oh that sounds like I, yeah hurry up and make that I want to see it <laughs> yeah. I know we're scheduled to shoot it next Thursday okay so fun. I've been like acquiring I'm like I'm like the producer director performer art designer okay. <laughs> I, I luckily I've hired my my wife to shoot it so I just have to like lay out like a, a shot list for her to like kind of like follow okay fine. so that way day of I can just focus on making sure the set and the ritual because it's also I'm doing a ritual so I want to be able to like be in that headspace and not worry about where the camera is or how yeah, the lighting yeah. looks like so definitely wow oh my gosh <laughs> no that sounds fantastic well and, and like on that point of like you doing all the things because you're multi-talented so you're doing all those <laughs> like how long does it actually take to make a, a queer porn film like are we talking weeks or days or like, <laughs> what it, what are the logistics here it, it varies um because I'm on a timeline so this is so the the film festival that I'm helping to technical direct um the deadline's April 30th the latest one okay so I'm you shooting it the <laughs> I'm shooting it the 15th I'm gonna try to shoot it all in one day but it's gonna be a full day shoot we're gonna start like at nine in the morning probably take a little break after the first scene because I have three scenes I want to capture and one of them is going to be shot in my house and then the other two scenes are going to be shot in the studio um, just because they involve like wax play and I need more space my living room is just not big enough <laughs> um, okay. and because I want it so like I'm trying to get that all done on the 15th and then and every free moment that I have outside of my day job, <laughs> I'm gonna be editing. Uh, I made the music for this film. So it's gonna be like, um, like non-lyrical music. It's just more like 
um like a reggaeton kind of kind of like music vibe to it Uh, I kind of composed sort of like four to five minutes of 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 like non-lyrical instrumental music to go with it to go um but it's gonna have like a like a up up dancey kind of beat to it so you know the the pacing's a little bit faster um and then yeah I'm just gonna try to get it all edited and done and submit it by the 30th (laughs) I wish you all the best to look with that (laughs) turn around well that like that points me to like you know, people always say with mainstream porn, it's like, how do I get into this? But like, I think with queer porn, it's, it's like, that's an interesting thing as well. Because like you're saying, uh, and I think from talking to a few performers that you wear many hats, you know, it, it's like there's a lot of hustle going on between directing, producing, acting, editing, all that kind of thing. So what would your advice be to someone who wants to be like you and, and you know, get into making this epic content, food or no food? Um, yeah. You know, maybe Irish stew, maybe, who knows, um, <laughs> whatever we're going for. But if, if somebody out there is new and wants to get into it, where, where did they start? Because maybe that might be a bit intimidating if they realize actually that's a lot of work involved in the scenes yeah and there's like different kinds of porn so like my approach is very like uh, on a more I'm coming from a filmmaking background so I have that approach and that experience but you know like it's no better than someone like setting up their camera phone like these phones these days they're like they, they they shoot nicer than my own DSLR sometimes. <laughs> and so like, sometimes it's just like, get yourself a ring light, set up your camera phone and set up landscape. <laughs> yeah, and, very important. and, you know, like have some fun, like let your imagination go wild. Cause you know, like everyone has something to bring to that, you know, like, and I think, the the one thing I love about you know like working for a film festival is like I get to see a lot (laughs) and I'm just always amazed about people's like creativity and like working with what they have um and I would say just go and do it like if you have we have you know uh, I was trying to think of how can I make a porn using like a webcam you know like (laughs) Like, how can I tell a story that way, you know, or you don't want to tell a story. Maybe you just want to like give a sexy performance. There you go. You know, like uh, I encourage people to to explore if that's where they feel most comfortable. Yeah, I, I and I went to, I haven't made it to the San Francisco Porn Film Festival yet, but I will this year because it's online. So that's a happy yeah. days. But I've been to Berlin and their Porn Film Festival. And every time I go, I'm like, I it's so it blows your mind how creative people can be and you're looking at it going this isn't sex but then it kind of is and and it shows all the different depictions of what sex can be outside of you know after a while you're going okay they're just gentles like you know once you've seen them you've kind of seen them all and it's like not that big a deal when you when you're watching lots of porn but all the other stuff around it like the settings the backdrops the food the you know the flowers or whatever happens to be it just it, it tells a story in a way that makes you really reflect on ah this is a really different way because we're so I think not groomed but like we're so used to a lot of mainstream porn I don't mean to be dunking on all the time but like it can be very formulaic and we're used to kind of 
you know, we do this and then we do this and then we do this. And that's why I like queer porn because it just messes all that up. And it's like, hey, we're going to do sex like very, very differently in here. So that that creativity must be lovely to be surrounded by and to be inspired by as well on a regular basis. Yes, it is. And like you get to learn that like there's just not one way of having sex. And like really it's about communicating like what feels good to you. And like exploring that with someone you consent to <laughs> exploring that with and can respect the boundaries you have and uh, explore those other ones that you do have, um, you know, those other um, desires that you might have. So I don't know. I think I think it's fun. And I don't ever like take anything I see at face value either. You know, like I always have to understand like, oh, you know, like this is, you know, there's there is a there is some fantasy to queer porn as well sometimes you know um but I also like I like seeing both like I like seeing like couples have sex and seeing how they like communicate their their um desires or their needs in the scene and then also seeing like something that might be fun and parried uh there be or be parodied (laughs) and um you're seeing like how people are creative in that regard too. Um, like I saw one porn that came to, that comes to mind um, is one by Beyond Deep Productions. They did like a Foxy Brown sort of like remake, <laughs> and it was like a, a little BDSM scene between this this two um, queer queer trans um, couple that explore that foxy brown narrative but like turn it on its head you know so okay I'm, I'm, I'm always inspired like people got some amazing ideas out there and like sometimes porn can just be fun and it can be like uh it can make you laugh it can yeah. make you it's <laughs> missing from so much sex sometimes like the sex is silly and ridiculous and fun and someone's body is going to make a weird noise and someone's going to fall off the bed and you know or maybe like the postman's going to ring halfway through like it's like fun and silly and ridiculous and I love that that's been reflected on on film as well so yeah because that's that's a reality of sex sometimes you know it's not all serious or yeah hardcore (laughs) yeah yeah if you were to make like a parody comedy film going forward what would you focus that on Ooh. Honestly, if I did like a parody, it'd be like some like silly vampire film. Okay. Like, 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 or like make something that's inspired by that kind of stuff. Like, you know, interview with the vampire, like, yeah. and it would be fun. It would be fun. <laughs> like, yeah. it'd be like campy. <laughs> yes, campy and ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, Okay, maybe that can be after the the magic one and then see where yeah. it goes. So fabulous. So when is the Porn Film Festival on? And it's online this year. So that that's kind of great for the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. Right now we've been in like kind of like, are we going to be in person and online? Uh, we're leaning towards that if things open up because uh, we were originally going to have it at the Brava Theater in San Francisco. But um, they ha- they've just moved to online stuff in the meantime so um our festival is set to be in november and uh we'll definitely have an online um festival 
please do but they, for us yeah travel. <laughs> yeah if, if it opens up a little bit we might have like maybe certain like a special program in person that's spaced out still you know like still trying to be like conscious that like you know we're not all at the same we're not all at, have uh vaccinations accessible to us equally so um still taking precautions in that regard so yeah. it's really important yeah <laughs> so. no we've had enough now this stage we don't need any more um covid stuff but yeah <laughs> no worries yeah and um, well that sounds fabulous and then where can people find information about the festival but also about you and the amazing work that you're getting up to <laughs> well um my twitter is probably the best one best way to get like more recent stuff I do have a website ramseysrodsteden.com but it's been a minute since I've updated it I'm getting around to it <laughs> it's on the list. maybe maybe in June <laughs> um, but um, Twitter is also where I've been trying to like I'm trying to get back to being active I'll be honest I've been a little laying low <laughs> yeah, no, but um, that's fair enough that's at, at Ramsey's Rodstein on Twitter and um for the sf porn film fest there is a website you can find out more info also on our twitter at sf porn film festival it's sf porn film fest um follow our twitter there and it'll link you to the website the website's sfpff.pinklabel.tv fab fab and do you have an instagram as well or you kicked off instagram um, <laughs> my Instagram, I don't have anything porn related on my Instagram right now. My Instagram that I have is my, where I ha have all my like digital art. Cause I'm also a visual artist and I do, um, multimedia work. So that's at art by Ramsey's. Okay. Um, fab. You won't see much of my erotic work on Instagram because of censorship. But yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Twitter, you'll find me there. My OnlyFans. Right, you give you it can out. find me there. Yeah, absolutely. What's your OnlyFans? <laughs> OnlyFans.com slash Ramsey's Rodstein. Brilliant. Um, yeah. I've been I've been what I've been doing with my only OnlyFans has been like sharing like um clips and stills from over the years of my work as including like more recent work okay fab yeah sneak peeks to like stuff I'm doing behind the scenes nice oh I like that yeah a little retrospective as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's my little like vault since tumblr got <laughs> taken down yeah. by foster sister <laughs> oh, no I know not great not great um but listen thank you so much for chatting today I love the fact that you are looking at sex beyond sex and bringing in the food and, and, and witchcraft and, and the mental emotional aspects of it. it just sounds so fascinating and more of what we need to have in the world so thank you for putting this content out there in the world yes thank you so much and if anyone wants to like catch any of those two films that i i um, created vessels of masapan and pen dulce you can find it at pinklabel.tv 
I have a studio there that I will be also uploading my next film on. So, fabulous, fabulous. Yeah, so I encourage everyone to go check that out because it's awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. And thanks, Mel, for listening in today. Like I said, the top of the hour, if you have any questions or DMs, um, you can DM me on Twitter and Instagram at Glow West Podcast. Again, if you want to support the podcast, it's patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. And I'll chat to you next week. Thank you.